So friends, this morning's scripture, we have already read. We read it together in our Psalter when we read and sang Psalm 19. That is this morning's scripture, focusing in especially on those last words. And I'll say those last words again for you. May these words of my mouth and this meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, Lord, my rock and my redeemer. This might sound familiar to some. These are words that I often say before I preach, and I'll read those one more time to get them fresh in our minds. This is Psalm 19:14. May these words of my mouth and this meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, Lord, my rock and my redeemer. And friends, the first time that I ever heard those words, I was 17 years old. I'd just moved to Boston. It was at Old South Church, and those words were preached before, were prayed before a sermon that was being preached there. One of the pastors there in the year 2006 ascended into the pulpit and prayed these powerful and humbling and grace-filled, faith-filled words from that pulpit. And nearly every Sunday morning, I use those words as well. These words, they're some of the most popular words that preachers pray before they preach. They connect those preaching with those that are present in worship that day, but they also connect us to people all around the world and all through time who have used these same words to become present to God in their midst and to become present to how their words and their meditations of their hearts have power and influence in the world. These words from Psalm 19, they connect us to God as well. They connect us to a God who is gracious and loving, to a God who is our rock and also our redeemer. Our rock, the one who we can build our lives upon, steady and sure and firm and everlasting. And our redeemer, the one who has shown us new ways of living and loving, redeeming us from our faulty ways, setting us on right paths again and again throughout life. And this portion of the psalm, it falls at the very end of this psalm, which begins by first celebrating God's gift of creation, and secondly by celebrating God's gifts in scripture, and thirdly by celebrating God's gift of presence and grace. And C.S. Lewis, famed author, theologian, and writer, and thinker, he, he said, the greatest poem in the Psalter and one of the greatest lyrics in the world. That's Psalm 19 to C.S. Lewis. So if you, like me, appreciate Psalm 19, you are in good company with many others throughout time. And I chose this portion of Psalm 19 for us today because at the conclusion of our worship series on communication and civil discourse, perhaps this psalm is the summary of it all. Perhaps this psalm is the summary of our goals and our intentions in this month of October, in Nahant, in our world, and beyond. Because we intend to try our best, don't we? To have the words of our mouth, the words that we speak aloud, and the thoughts that dwell in our mind and into our heart as well. We try our best for those to be acceptable to our creator God. And we hope, we hope that the communication that comes from us is loving and gracious, compassionate and justice-oriented, That all those words and those thoughts that dwell up within us and that come out of us, that they are God-blessed and that they might change the world for the better. 
And so this morning, in the spirit of the psalm, which calls forth the meditations of our hearts in the presence of God, let's consider three questions, which I printed in your bulletin for you this morning. And I'll start by sharing some of my own story with you in response to these questions. And then I'm going to open it up and pass the mic around and invite any of you to respond to any of those three questions as well. So the first question is about other people who have maybe spoken life and love into you, what it means to be on the receiving end. Because sometimes if we understand what it means to receive a particular type of communication, we can better commit to giving that type of love-filled communication. So it asks, what did they say and how did they feel? So when I was in graduate school, I was in a particularly tough course. It's one of the most infamously kind of tough courses in seminary, which is systematic theology, and it requires a type of uh, logical thinking and gymnastics about faith that is so often uh, absent from our lives of faith in general. And so I was in this systematic theology class, and there was a professor who spoke these words of truth and light to me about a particular paper I had written. So after class, he said, hey, I wanted to just let you know that I had a lot of connection with what you said in your paper. And so he spoke these specific words that showed me that he was invested in my understanding of scripture and the world and the faith and the ways those things intersect. He showed me through his words and his attentiveness to what I had written that he actually believed in me, believed in my work and my commitment to the material. And he spoke into the life of this belabored, super tired, worn out graduate student, words that were completely reinvigorating to me. Words that built me up and that allowed me to become more committed and more deeply involved in the work that I was doing in his class, more creative in the connections that I was making with the material, more desirous of taking risks because I knew that the person who was reading that work was going to read through a lens of building me up. He spoke life to me and I felt seen and appreciated, encouraged and renewed. The second question in your bulletin this morning asks you this, how do you want to grow in your communication skills? And this is a good question for us. After spending a month together every Sunday morning thinking about this material, how do we want to grow from here? And for me, my own answer to that is I would like to grow in my ability to sit in stillness with others without thoughts of other tasks and activities and do-outs coming in. I just want to get a little bit stronger at being fully present. That's my goal. The third question in your bulletin asks, what is your prayer for the church, for the town, and for the world regarding communication and civil discourse? And so my personal prayer is that we speak as humanity from first a place of love, that we endeavor to build one another up with our words and with our deeds, and that we listen deeply to one another, lifting up especially the voices that lay on the margins of our society, lifting up those voices, centering those voices. Those that have been oppressed and discarded, listening especially to those voices. So how about you, I wonder, in just a moment, and I'll pass the mic, after this month of meditating on all this material, what's your prayer for this world? So at this time, I am going to come around with the microphone, and please make sure to be um, aware of you know, general covenanting around giving space for other voices to be heard and also being brave and taking a risk and sharing your own voice. So if you would like to respond to one of these three questions or something that's coming up for you around communication, will you raise your hand? 